Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on The Porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch. I'm joined with the one and only J.D. Rogers. What's up? John David, as he's known back home, <laughs> and Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. What's up, guys? What's up? How's everyone doing? Good. It's a good day. Beautiful weather lately. It really is. It is beautiful. Hey, here's a question that we're not talking about, but I it hit me today. And I was like, man, I, I bet JD would have a hot take on this. What is the best movie score of all time? Ooh, I do have some the hot soundtrack. takes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, somebody, I heard, here's how I got there. I heard Christina Aguilera singing the new Mulan. That I heard the new Mulan was... Is that girl I see? Which also hot take. I'm so upset that the real version of Mulan didn't have the music. Yeah, I heard that it was not good. It's not good because of that. It doesn't have the music? It doesn't yeah, it does. have the music. I think it does. I, I'm telling you. It was the Mulan soundtrack. Point right. is, one of the best scores, and, and you, there's two different things, scores, like musical scores, or like soundtrack, like songs, like songs that we know on the radio. That's that's what I meant, soundtrack. Oh. Wow. That's a tough one. Um, I'd say probably either Remember the Titans has a really good one. It has mm. like uh, Ain't No Mountain High Enough and oh, songs yeah. like oh, that's that. that's a good one. And then, you probably don't know this movie, It's a it's an animated movie, but Surf's Up. Has such good vibes. Is that a Disney one? It's it's. I don't know if it's Disney or what it is, but it's about some penguins who surf. Y'all should watch. It's hilarious. Hey, it's so. But funny. it has such good vibes. I think Greatest Showman would be in there, in the top ten at least. Yes, I. I okay, I still think we're talking about something different. Like that's originals for the movie because it's a musical. Yeah, but like I'm thinking you're talking about like. A song that you hear on a radio, they've put it into the movie. Oh, no. I mean, like, like Lion the fray King. or something. You no, know what I mean? no, no. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm going to be a mighty king. Yeah. David, okay. give us your favorite greatest, greatest showman. Greatest showman is a give really us, good yeah, one. Give us your favorite greatest show. Just sing it out for us. What's, I can't remember one of their songs. Wow. I know them all. No, no, no. Um, the greatest show. Uh, Come Alive. This is me. Never enough. Shall I keep going? Oh, High rope. Yeah. What's the one? Rewrite the, the stars. What's the one this at the beginning? Memory. I know all of them. <laughs> what, what's the one at the beginning where he's sitting there with his daughters in the thing? And he, oh. oh, yeah. Every night I lie oh. in bed. A Million Dreams. Greatest colors in my head. Okay, this is a not million, a musical. Uh, this is Beast of the Port. We took too much time on that. <laughs> I think of what the world could be. Okay, <laughs> speaking of the world enough. could be. Yes. Could we be what we're talking about today in the end times? That's enough. All right. What we're talking about the end times. Yeah. Are we in the end times? How do we know? Will we know? Uh, yeah. Are you a pre-tribulation guy? Post. I'm just kidding. We don't have to go there. But okay. But here's why. Like people literally see all the chaos that's happening, and I feel like this has happened for years, where everyone's like, "It's coming. The end times are coming soon." Yeah. So yeah. are people like? When do you, when would you actually know, like, okay, now it actually is? Yeah. War, rumors of war, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think, I think it's a really important question. And so when the Bible talks about the end times, there's two ways that I think it's used and you'll read scriptures that have it. And, um, and I'll read a couple of them. One is like the actual end time events, like the events of the end times. Yeah. When you read scripture though, there's also times where the author will say we are living in the end times and that we're in the end age. Uh, in 
Uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 7, the end of the world is coming soon. Uh, Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 talks about how now that we are at the end or near the end in this present age, everyone should stay as they are. And he references the fact that we're in this end stage. In Acts chapter 2, when Peter quotes and Pentecost happens, he references that we're in the end age. So there's references in scripture that you'll read that would say just after the cross, everything that takes place after Jesus ascends to heaven, dies, resurrects, goes to heaven, we're in the end age. Does that make sense? So you're basically saying like everything after Jesus is kind of like this whole era until he comes back. That's right. And then people can sometimes, like there are things in the Bible that talk about the actual in the end times, here's what's happening. Yes. But what about right before that of like signs of 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 Jesus coming back? Because I think those are the two confusing terms. Yeah. Like here, here's another reference. First Corinthians 10 verse 11. Things that happened to them, and he's talking about a, a reference to some of the Old Testament, were written down to warn those of us who live at the end of the age. So Paul saw himself and everything after the cross and everything after Jesus were in the end age. Now, when most people talk about that, they mean like the end times, the end of the world, Jesus is coming back, what's gonna happen? So the timeline, if you will, for what is gonna take place and how you'll know that the end is there. And a lot of this is like, um, do y'all know what eschatology is? Yeah, mm-hmm. study of the end times. Study of the end times. So I went to DTS. At DTS, they, they had a class on eschatology, which is basically like a study of the end times of revelation of, of kind of like at the end. I went into that class thinking, oh man, I'm going to finally get answers on what happens at the end. Like I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to know exactly what I stand because there's lots of different interpretations of the mm-hmm. book of Revelation. It's really cryptic. I'm going to figure out exactly where I am. And I came out of that class like nobody actually knows <laughs> what these things mean. So or true. there's a lot of speculation. And people, we, we tend to, and, and it's not inappropriate, it's just the way the human mind works. We put things in cleaner buckets where, where uh, we use terms like pre-tribulation or post-millennial. Which what, is, what is tribulation? Pre-tribulation and tribulation is we are clear that in uh, the end of times in Revelation chapter 6, Verses uh, one, really for most of the book, for the next like 10 chapters, it talks about the seven years of tribulation that are going to take place, that there's going to be horrific things that happen that are associated with the Antichrist, this rise to power of somebody who is the Antichrist, um, and God's judgment is poured out on sinful humanity. Most people believe that a timeline would look, or we would say this is probably the most, I think it's the safest and makes the most sense based on the study of scripture that pre-trib you, which basically means this. The church is going to get raptured. You guys know what raptured means? Mm-hmm. Taken up. Talk about words that you don't use on a regular basis. We go up and the clothes stay down. <laughs> <I've>... <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's running How long have you been naked. thinking about this? Uh, I mean, not long, just now. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. uh, 1 Corinthians 15 says, and in the moment and in twinkling of an eye, the last trumpet, the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised and we shall be changed. In 2 Thessalonians, it also talks about how um, the church is going to be taken up and those believers who are still alive will not go through the final tribulation. And so if you've ever seen, um, man, what's that? What's, mm-hmm. what's I was about to ask you that. What's it? If you what? grew up in the Christian household. Oh, yeah. What is it? What's it called? Left Behind? Left Behind. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, dude, that was so... And they had the plays. Yeah. I remember the plays about yeah. the rapture? Yes. Yeah. So the church is taken up. They don't go through the tribulation. Seven years of God's judgment on humanity is poured out. 
And in that time, the rise of the Antichrist is also taking place. And that person will um, gain worldwide power through promises of peace. And basically, um, people have speculated, is this person the Antichrist? Is this person the Antichrist? Is this person the Antichrist? And based on scripture, the things that we know is that they'll gain worldwide acclaim and they will call and call for promises of peace. The reason people will uh, often think that it's a bad idea to have a global currency or a one world government is because that seems to align with the idea of the Antichrist rising up. So point being, church is taken up, Antichrist is on the rise, and that can happen during and before the church is taken up. Well, we know it's the Antichrist? Uh, Well, Well, they say like, I'm the Antichrist. No. 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 uh, My take on who you think it is? <laughs> um, I, Send in your votes. <laughs> I, I don't think. I think. I think it would be more clear. And I think that the reason the church disappearing, or the church being raptured up, is relevant. I don't think he would show his cards until they're gone. Yeah. You have all the spiritually appraised who are looking for it. Yeah. They're gone. So then it's just people who are going through a horror of years of God's judgment and plagues and things that are happening and they're looking for hope. And there's this person who's rallying the world saying, guys, we're going to get through it. There's going to be peace ahead. And he assumes tremendous power. As crazy as it is, wow. that's, that's all in your Bible. Instead of saying repent, like go turn to Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Ma- making promises. I didn't, this is not who, I don't think this is true at all, but I was tricked in high school to believe that Oprah Winfrey was the antichrist. Oh my gosh. Literally. They tricked me. I was like scared people, of Oprah. People are literally like people in high conspiracy like, theories. Older like, kids convinced me. They were like, you know, she's the Antichrist. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, yeah, the Mark of the Beast. And oh Mark of the Beast, by the gosh. way. Yeah. The Explain mark of the beast. that. Uh, the Mark of the Beast is a, a phrase that those, um, again, this is where people think like it's come back up because the pandemic and people having a mark of 666, which is actually 616, um, there are certain indicators that just sound crazy, but then when you stop to think about it, if somebody had to get a tattoo of in order to, you had to get a barcode and that's how you paid for things, or you had to get uh, some sort of tattoo that represented that you had the vaccine, like it's not that crazy of a stretch to be like, they could call for a worldwide, that's how you, you put a URL code on you and it allows you tremendous convenience, both because now, you know, again, I'm trying to paint a picture of like, it sounds crazy. And then you stop to think about it and people may be like, Dude, I would I would do that, or I would wear this wristband, or I would do something underneath the uh, the idea that there's convenience mm-hmm. that comes with it. That yeah. I can pay for things. I'm easily tracked. It, totally, it I get it. I love things. Yeah, people hate that that Instagram or Siri like listens to us. I literally love it because I'm like, whatever I was just talking about, it just pops up. I didn't have to do any research, and then totally. I can click buy. Totally, and uh, so that's going to take place. Then there's going to be a battle. So you got the rise of the Antichrist. Church is raptured, the rise of the Antichrist, the seven years of tribulation that's going to take place. There's a battle called Gog and Magog. It's just a really funny term. And um, and that'll happen in the first three years of the tribulation. And again, this is where it's kind of speculative because some other people think, no, the church will be there for that. Some think that it won't be there for that. I think the most likely reading of scripture is there's going to be a rapture, which just means a taking up of the church. So then this big battle that's going to take place with a... Um, great army that will involve the Middle East and Africa. Again, not crazy stuff to think of like some sort of nuclear bomb going off in the Middle East, which already has ton- tons and tons of, of conflict and has for a long time. The um, uh, halfway or around midway through 
the tribulation, the Antichrist will break his covenant and he'll show his cards and show his true covenant. He'll break basically his covenant with Israel because part of the way that he will form power is bringing peace to the Middle East, bringing peace to the world, bringing hope and uniting the nations. At some point throughout that, in the middle of it, he will basically turn against Israel and they will persecute any new believers and the people of Israel. Um, and uh, the 144,000, if you are familiar with that, but point being, there's just going to be uh, basically... Uh, the Antichrist will no longer be favorable to anybody who becomes Christians, but people will become Christians in that time, especially Jewish. There's 144,000 that are referenced. So basically some people will become Christians. Anybody who does, the Antichrist will turn against like, hey, those people are not about peace and they will become persecuted. Then there'll be another huge battle in Armageddon uh, where Jesus shows up in Revelation 19 and he shows up with like a tattoo on his thigh. Yeah, This is not the story you know, mm-hmm. book Jesus of you know, Bible. flowy hair and yeah, and walking around in Birkenstocks, but he shows up <laughs> on a white horse with a sword and a tattoo on his thigh that says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he's going to defeat the armies of the world and the nation and the, the nation will be judged, or I'm sorry, the world will then be judged. And Jesus will do what he said in Matthew chapter 25. Hey, sheep and goats, I'm going to separate those who are mine and those who are not. And those who are his will enter into a millennial kingdom. This one is the weirdest thing that I think. So are y'all playing along at home? You following me? Yeah, yeah, we're with you. Keep going. So basically for a thousand years, Satan will be bound. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> does that make sense? Have you heard like the millennial yeah. reign? Like for yeah. a thousand years, yeah. Christ will reign on the earth with his people that are there. Any of the sheep who are his will reign with him for a thousand years of peace and prosperity. And this is where, um, when I said earlier, that people are like, or when I said, I don't know that anybody really knows. When it comes to this, there is people who believe we're in that millennial reign right now, that there isn't actually a literal thousand years. It's just a, a time period where the church is growing and alive, and that's how God is reigning. There are people who think, no, it'll be literally a thousand years, which scripture seems to indicate that it's literally a thousand years. And then at the end of that, the very last battle will take place where Satan, you know, the, the angel fallen from heaven, that is the one who tempted and tricked and deceived Adam and Eve in the garden, will form again. He'll escape or be released from prison and a final battle will take place. And the great white throne of judgment where hell and everyone will be thrown into the lake of fire is going to happen. And it is over. There will be no more wars. It won't even be a, a, a quick battle. It'll whoosh, all be done. And Jesus will make everything new. Revelation 21 and 22 says, where the new creation begins and a new heavens and a new earth and a new Jerusalem. And we will live on this planet, which is another thing we don't talk about enough or we use language that doesn't always represent. Like you're going to live like this earth will be remade. Instead of heaven. Like we always say, die and go to heaven. And yes. it really is the new earth. Yes. Okay. So fit this in just because this is like a deep dive. So I would guarantee, I mean, I'm over here like, huh? And I think there's probably some people listening. What's, how does this fit in with the just very basic, hey, you die in Hebrews nine twenty seven. then comes judgment. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to stand before God and give an answer. And that even can sound weird. Like what do you mean stand before God? Like heaven or hell, essentially. So kind of fit this in the understanding of just the basic salvation story. I'm going to die. And then what happens? Like 
where does that fit in with all of this? Yeah, it kind of gives an answer to some of the final timeline events that will take place before the new heavens and new earth that happen. So today, if you die, you go to what's called paradise in scripture. So we're Easter. This is going to be released after Easter. We're celebrating this weekend where Jesus, Good Friday, crucified two thieves alongside of him. And one of them says, will you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus responds with, Today you'll be in paradise. Yeah. Paradise. That immediately after you die, where you go today is paradise. And that is a... Uh, temporary, um, not a holding place because it's paradise. The word is not just uh, purgatory. Yeah, it's paradise. Okay. And at the same time, that's not the final resting place and destination or final destination for those of us who are believers because that is the new heavens and the new earth where we spend eternity and are going to live forever and ever and ever um, with God himself. So today, if you die, you will stand before us. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27 says, and um, it It's appointed once for man to die, for all people to die, and after that comes judgment. And you will be sent either to the temporary hell that exists right now or to paradise in awaiting for the final um, destination, which is the lake of fire, which is hell, and then is the new heavens and the new earth. And um, even the speculation, there's a guy named John Stott who wrote, and he speculated lake of fire is the uh, quenching like the fire, it burns, it's gone. Like that lake of fire, it's going to be horrible, but it won't be eternal. That doesn't seem to be consistent with a lot of the verses that hell is forever and ever and ever and ever. It's the absence of God. It's also a place that God doesn't want anyone to go to. Um, as C.S. Lewis put, hell is a place where it's locked from the inside out. And anything good, um, oh man, I can't remember the verse. Basically, Jesus says that hell is a place reserved for Satan and his angels. And it wasn't made for mankind. And anything that is made in the image of God on a person or that makes up a person will be stripped away from them. Wow. And they will spend eternity in a place that they were never designed to be in. God doesn't want them in. And Lewis brilliantly put, and it's a place that's locked from the inside out. People who are there, they wouldn't want to come out and be with God and spend eternity with him, even if they had the option to. So that's a lot, but are we in the end times? And the shortest answer is yes. Is uh, the Antichrist around and present? Nobody knows. Yeah. So, and just really fast, high level, repeat one more time when you say shortest answer, yes, because blank. Because Paul in the Bible says, hey, we live in the end of the age. And that's just kind of like everything after the cross is the end of the age. Yeah. But you're separating the cultural... um, hey, the rapture's coming or the end of times is coming. Like you're going to see signs in the stars, which the Bible does say, have some references to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're separating that from, no, the actual end times is anything after Jesus. While at any moment, like we are literally waiting eagerly, Roman says, yeah. for Jesus to come it's back. Like, it's like March Madness right now. There's two periods. You're in the first period and the second period. And uh, we're in the second period. Okay, I didn't know that. And um, me either. But yeah. my bracket's doing pretty good. <laughs> Un- unlike in uh, in basketball, or unlike, um, I think soccer's the same way. Anybody play soccer? It's two periods, right? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. is too. And uh, so we're in the second period. So we're in the end period. That's a really simple way of putting it. Yeah. That's good, David. But there's going to be a time where you're at the last thirty seconds of the game. Yeah. And scripture is clear, and I, I just think it's it's one of those things where. Um, we do our best to understand it and to know what's going on. And and uh, the, the clearest thing is Jesus wins. Yeah. And anybody who sides with him 
is also win. Yeah, that's good. Or victorious. This is, uh, as we wrap up, have you heard about Little Nas X? Oh, dude, yes. And about the shoes. Oh, and yeah. Oh, my gosh. Everything. Yeah. And the, vid- the music video. It's crazy. All of that stuff. You know, I think some people are like, this is just another sign of like the end. Yeah. Because we're out here, Nike shoes that have a drop of human blood in them with 666. And he has a verse on there. Uh, what verse did he have on there? It's like Luke. Yeah. Really quick. Luke 3110. It was something, but I remember I looked it up and like right after it literally says Jesus went. It's so confusing. Yeah. Um, I'm like, did you keep reading? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting. (laughs) And it's, let me see really fast. And then I saw Satan fall. um, Luke 1018. And then he said, I saw a Satan. uh, Behold, Satan fallen as lightning from heaven. That's like the verse. That's all it is. And it's like so funny because that's so out of it actually Context. is saying Jesus wins if you're yeah. yeah but I think if you don't know you're just like put and it's on every shoe yeah it's, it's crazy. so funny like he just tweeted uh if you want the 666 pair of the 666 shoes repost and say like hashtag Satan shoes and you'll get them like you'll be entered to win so everyone's like openly retweeting Satan shoes you know and I want them and human blood in them and um, we've already gotten emails saying, can y'all please address this? Or like, what, wow. how should we respond? And, you know, how should Christians, let's wrap up with this. Like when something like that happens, should Christians respond like, yep, this is the end. Like we're giving ourselves over to Satan. It's like, in cause I kind of hear this David and I'm like, and like, mm-hmm. are you guys really that shocked? Are we really like, oh my gosh, how did the, like, did it take putting six, six, six on a shoe from a celebrity who dresses like a woman and does a strip dance on a pole in Satan's lap. And yeah. did it take all of that outwardly to really convince you that the world's in that kind of spot? Yeah. Like how should Christians respond? Should they be like, this is the end. We're all going down. There were Sodom and Gomorrah. God's going to smite us. Like how should we respond to something like that? I think for like little Nas, the sad thing about him, he has no idea that so much of what he, um, cause I haven't seen the entire thing, but I've seen parts and clips of it. I think he like kills Satan. At the end, and he puts end, on his... It puts on that he is right in the grips of the thing that he's making fun of and saying is not real, and mm-hmm. that he has been so deceived. And um, so I think for little Nas, a heart of compassion and like, man, I cannot believe that you um, have such a unawareness of how deceived that you are and you think that you are sending some sort of um, powerful message or doing something empowering or sending um, a, a dismantling message of of the Bible, you are just showcasing how deceived and how tragically deceived you have been. I do think there's truth and this is where this is why people do that because in second Timothy chapter 3 it says understand this in the last days there will come times of difficulty. I feel like Pick a, pick a year in history where somebody, especially we live in the 21st century and we're like, yeah, that's what it feels like right now, the pandemic. Think about the Black Plague in the 1500s or think about 100 years ago when life in general was difficult. Mm-hmm. There wasn't running water. There wasn't electricity. There wasn't um, modern medicine. Penicillin didn't exist. There wasn't even feminine uh, products. Products. You know, think about That'd life there. Um, like just life has always been difficult. So I think people can, they're trying to connect the dots and it seems to be one of those things that fits many ages. 
the verse after that says, people will then be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, not loving good, treacherous, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That seems to be pretty accurate of right now. And I, I would guess it was accurate of 50 years ago. But, um, but Paul then says in the same chapter, people will go on from being bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. So I think at a high level, uh, knowing our hope is not in America, it's, it's not in, as our senior pastor said one time, not in this land, it's in the Lord. And things are gonna get bad and they are gonna get worse and not being surprised. That's of course what little Nas, who is in the snares of the devil is gonna do, is showcase himself being deceived and, um, and giving into a lifestyle that is a much more accurate snare than he probably even realizes but not, not think, oh man, because a music video came out, it's the end of the world. Um, that's one of a thousand different things that just reflect how sick our culture is. Yeah, for sure. Man, well, I think like the beauty of this conversation is, is not to cause anxiety or fear or, um, man, I got to do something to be sure that I'm going to be raptured or whatever. Uh, the beauty of this conversation is every time it points to the hope that we have that Jesus is coming to claim us and he's going to win. And so uh, until then we, we share this message of hope and we pray for people like little Nas and that's right. Um, and everyone that they would be able to be a part of that. So really the song we started with is an appropriate depiction of heaven someday. <laughs> and he brings it back my around. Oh, wow. million, something fill my head. A million dreams. Learn the song, man. Oh man, I do need this song. All right. That's it. <laughs> um, man, we love you guys. Hopefully that is helpful. And um, we'll see you next week on another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch.